Welcome to Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. One day, a Geordie and a Canadian walk into a bar and decide to start a podcast about relationships and what a topic that is. No subjects are off limits. Get in touch today with us at geordielass.com or email info at geordielass.com and let us know what you think and what we should talk about. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Sarah. Hello. Oh, hello. How's it doing? Oh, I am a-okay. It's a bit of a heat wave. I, so I'm I'm now um, almost in the same time zone as you. Well, two hours ahead, but we are both. Are we both in a heat wave right now? Are you oh, sweating no, your socks so off? Don't, don't be rubbing that one in. No. <laughs> we are absolutely not in a heat wave right now. In fact, I can see the wind outside and I'm wearing a sweater. So are we you are not in a heat wave. kidding? It's like 40 anyway, degrees Celsius. Anyway, you've touched on a so far. <gasps> oh, no. It's bloody 18 degrees here, Anna. I'm breezy. What no, is going no on over there in Jersey? That's crazy. I thought you guys exactly. like cycled with Europe. Oh my gosh, that's terrible. Okay, the Atlantic. I don't know who we're cycling with, but it's not funny. <laughs> it's not funny. <laughs> but oh. yes, I have heard in Europe it is bonkers temperature and yeah. I guess kind of, I wouldn't necessarily be wishing that on people either because oh. there are a lot of people struggling right now, I am sure. Yeah. I, it, the first time I've ever seen a forest fire, we drove through like back to Athens and we drove within like a kilometer of a forest fire. I've mm. never seen anything so haunting. It was yeah. terrifying. Not yeah, because no, I was scared for my safety. It was just seeing houses within a few hundred meters of this raging fire. And oh my mm. God, just, you know, and thinking know. about all the firefighters, it's already 40 degrees Celsius. And, yeah. and then there's the heat of the fire and they're trying their best. I mean, wow, just yeah. very apocalyptic. Yeah, yeah, it's insane right now. Yeah. Well, but okay, so bring us some happy news. What's going on on your side of the fence? Oh, um, well, I'll tell you what I did. So, <laughs> total break from the weather and the norm, but uh-huh. and I'm slightly late in the proceedings of the uh, season, shall we say, but ah. I finally sorted out my wardrobe and I actually oh. feel like it has made such a difference oh. to getting ready in the morning. Oh. I can find things. I'm no longer kind of scrattling about for something that I know is in there somewhere. Everything yeah. is organized. <gasps> Super delighted with myself. Fantastic. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. And cute summer girl dresses kicking off. Not quite in this weather, no, but it would be if it was a bit warmer. Oh my gosh. Okay, so the. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's just, it's nice to feel like you're a bit organized and a bit sorted. It just makes the start of your day so much easier. Oh gosh, you're so, you are so right in that. As somebody who's currently living out of suitcases, I can only attest to that because I'm. Uh, yeah, my life is now exactly split on two sides of the planet <laughs> in terms of my stuff. But it, in some ways that forces you to have capsule wardrobe. You see, I love that about holidays. So you go and you've got a certain amount of things to wear and you generally kind of, you know, if you've packed in the right way, which sometimes I get this right, sometimes I don't, then you've got kind of like a bit of a, you know, a, a finite, well, you've got a finite choice, but you've got lots of kind of mix and match. And I think it's great. I mean, I couldn't live like that forever, but it's nice. For oh my gosh. You are totally right because um, I this speaks to calling your wardrobe and actually like getting rid of the hoarding mm. because anything that I've chosen for my holiday uh, is stuff that I currently use and I can project that it's planned out. And you're yeah. absolutely right. Like it's amazing to not have like only 10 things that you have in a wardrobe of 150, which yeah. means we all need to like dump a bunch of shit from our wardrobe. That's so true. I know. 
Yeah. You know, I haven't quite dumped anything. They're in kind of boxes just in case. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't quite got that far. But I am proud of myself oh, and pleased with myself nonetheless. Good for you. Oh, those You've got to take your wins that, where you can get them. They, listen, there's so few. Take them where they are. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. It's always that that dress or that pair of pants. I'm like, oh, if I lose 10, well, I guess we always have yeah. that. Like if I look a little oh, differently, maybe I'll fit back into that. Yep. For sure. We wouldn't be human if we didn't have our aspirational <laughs> outfits. So milady, what's going on at the relationship desk of love? Okay. So I've got a little bit of research this week for you. Ah, very nice. You know, I like a bit so, of research. Oh, I know me too. I love it. I always get fascinated by this. Yeah. So one study found that couples that do unhealthy activities together, like lounging and eating junk food, feel closer than those who do healthier activities. Untrue. Untrue. I've just really? been having conversations about this. Okay, tell me more. I am in deep contest of these. I get really? my box and glass. Yes. Oh my days. Oh my God. Tell me. So it says. This is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> so it says study results suggested that shared problematic behaviors can foster closeness and satisfaction in the short term, despite the fact that they are maintaining potentially unhealthy behaviors. Still, the study suggests that if we want to change our behaviors, or if doctors or other health professionals want us to encourage to do things, then it's important to consider the broader relational structures, such as families and romantic relationships and their roles in our health. Yeah. So I can see why this is true. Why do you think it isn't? I mean, that synopsis of the study said it right there in the short term yeah i mean honestly i've been yeah, we weren't talking about time skills here we're just saying oh. does it make you feel closer or not oh there's a do you not think oh. there's a shared camaraderie in doing something that's a bit naughty or you know you shouldn't be or you know isn't that oh. good for you and therefore makes you feel closer no it does but it's not a good feeling and it's not healthy i've been there like i did the netflix and chill thing for a couple of years and honestly like if I may say, yeah, you felt closer, but then you kind of feel icky, like you've eaten a whole bag of jelly beans and you're like, oh man. And then to associate the person next to you, who's supposed to be like, you know, encouraging you to do better and, and strive for, for, you know, for, uh, more health that they're kind of sat lumping a log beside you. I obviously have feelings about this. <laughs> I can tell. I just yeah in the short term yeah but it's like the dopamine hit right I it did it did my past relationships no favors to be a lump on a log on the couch I makes sure me a little angry yeah <laughs> the, the research never lies I'm sure of it <laughs> well okay so I think I fault the person who's covering this research because I think it's yes a short-term <laughs> dopamine hit I feel really great when I like yeah eat a liter of ice cream or go and play slot machines. <laughs> Never seen cocaine, but if I did, that would probably make me feel great too. <laughs> I kind of feel like a parent being like, if all your friends went and jumped off a cliff, would you jump off too? <laughs> oh, I'm feeling right riled up by this one. All right, I'll get off my soapbox. Oh, I think this is terrible. High it's terrible. Today. Of course, <laughs> shitty things make you feel good because it's a dopamine hit. But like... Your relationship should make you strive for better. Kick your ass. Get you up to like take the run in the morning. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to like. All right. Oh, She's not buying it. I'm not buying it. But okay. So, but give me the counterpoint. 
what what can you use this nice feeling of closeness for? Give me the give me the upside. Maybe if you're having an argument and you needed to break the ice, maybe that's the the thing that is relevant. Yeah, then do you know what? There's always a time place for everything. And maybe you've kind of gone through a particular traumatic time and you just need some kind of chill time and oh. so you might be doing things that you know are kind of not the healthiest for you in the in the long term but you know you just need a kind of every every so often we all just need to climb under the quilt and yeah. not come out for a bit <laughs> <laughs> not come out for a bit all right all right yeah yeah or hey so if you if you did do that aspirational thing of going on that long bike ride and then you just want to you know veg and eat pizza that night well there you go yeah, maybe yeah, it's... Which one made you happier? Ah, uh, well, gosh, I mean... <laughs> and then let us know. Do both. Yes. Do both. <laughs> then let us know which one made you feel yeah. closer to your partner. <laughs> all right, all right. Okay. Let's, um, yeah, let's do a second test of the research. Ah, very good. Bring it into our own laboratory of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> all, right. all right. I feel like you are Ooh. definitely hot this week. So. I am hopping, yeah. <laughs> Would you like to switch to a hot topic? Yes, please. Okay. Today's hot topic. What was the thing before the thing? Ah! <gasps> oh. <laughs> God, I love this. I love this. I love this. Okay. Okay. It, this is kind of like a Rorschach diagram. Like, what do you see in this question? It's so amazing. So I think for me, this topic is often about the things that we see on the surface or the um, the behaviors and the actions and the outcomes that are happening on a surface level of a relationship particularly when things aren't going so well um but also this works actually when things are going so well Mm -hmm. is to understand what was the driving force or what were the um kind of not necessarily just the immediate things but the things before that that were happening that have actually led to this this outcome or this situation or position that you're in oh that's what i hear you mean like the brewing discontent or unmet needs or uh, resentment or passive aggressiveness before a big blowout? <laughs> yeah, like it? all of that, yeah. Ah, like, okay. Do you know, I the reason why this is quite kind of relevant is, um, you know, a lot of, of people that I've been talking to recently, the, you know, the, that same thing that comes back about communication, but even that, right? So we're not communicating, that's causing a problem, causing an outcome. But there's a thing before the lack of communication. Oh my gosh, this speaks to me. Yes. Do you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's never, it's never just about the thing. Like, absolutely. There's proxy wars all over the place. You think you're fighting about one thing, but there's a whole, it's a tip of the iceberg of stuff that may not even really relate. Like, it might be so much bigger and deeper uh, yeah. and more foundational. And I, and I think often what happens in this situation is we don't even know what the thing is before the thing. <laughs> Ah, right. <laughs> so yes. like if I'm saying, right, do you know what? I just can't communicate with my partner. Every time we kind of have blazing row, I just shut down, can't communicate, mm. don't even know what to do about that. Like 
if I don't know what the what is driving that and causing that because I haven't kind of looked at it at a deep enough level or I haven't taken the time to really observe maybe some of those patterns of behavior that lead up to that point because often these things come out the blue right and kind of smack you in the face and you're mm. like where did that come from we were doing okay and now we're not um but if I don't take time to or haven't had the opportunity or don't have the right kind of awareness to be able to look at that even mm. I don't know what the thing is and it becomes really difficult you can see why people get kind of stuck and trapped in patterns of behavior and um these kind of negative cycles within a relationship that they can't get out of Mm -hmm. oh my gosh I mean it makes perfect sense doesn't it yeah no that's absolutely true I think the thing we don't recognize the thing because it's it expresses itself in very subtle ways we're so used to damping down our own um feelings when unmet needs come up when we're triggered Mm. and we might notice it as a discomfort in our chest or a nausea or a constriction around our neck and we don't even link that something is coming up for us but that's kind of our Mm. big tells of unmet need trigger old messages man how do you know i'm going through this right now yeah (laughs) 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 and i think you know this works in reverse as well so when we're looking at that's kind of we're looking at from our perspective that something's happened to me But the other way we can look at it is to kind of something's happening or happening to my partner. It's about then saying, actually, what's the thing that's driving that? Um, Mm. And again, this could be positive or negative outcome, right? So Mm -hmm. you could be having a really, you know, sometimes you just get into those really lovely squishy moments in your relationship where you're like, oh my God, like, could we be any more in love right now? Mm. And Mm -hmm. they don't, you know, they're not, we're not constantly in that state of kind of hyper connection and affection. Mm -hmm. But at that moment in time when we feel it we are feeling it really super strong and it can be useful to kind of trace back some of the things that have led up to that as well so what is it that contributed to this feeling this moment so it's not always a negative thing because then that helps us to identify more of the things that we want in a relationship and start to put that in place ah yes i like the postmortem on that one yes Yeah. And it's funny because like that squishy thing might be a gesture that really spoke to your love language, or Mm. it could be that you both um, revisited a beautiful memory together, or you took time to go out and spend some quality time together, or to have a conversation where you were talking about non-transactional, non-household stuff, uh, where you were able to reconnect with that part of you that it maybe existed before a lot of the uh, day-to-day stuff kind of settled in. Yeah. That is really cool. Yeah. I mean, and, and definitely like the thing behind the thing. Yeah. I mean, you can almost all, I mean, you can count it always. It's going to be reactivation of an old message that may not even really tie into what's present in the reality of the now, really. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, how many times do we get stuck in that kind of old story? And it's a real kind of, um, it's a good point of reflection to sit there and say, how true is this? moment how true is this feeling or this thought that I'm having right now how true is that really in my kind of present day life or how much of that is driven from the past so it's a good kind of barometer there to say is this really you know is this really true for me now or is this true for an old me oh that doesn't exist anymore yeah I remember listening to a um, to a line on an, on another podcast. I can't remember which one it was. Otherwise, I would have given them some credit right now. <laughs> um, and it was a psychologist, and he was on about your kind of. I think it was like about mental health, mental awareness, that sort of thing. And he said, if you met your seven year old child today, you would not recognize that person. 
Like even though we feel like we oh. identify so much with our past and our past self and our kind of childhood and mm. we can kind of, if you know, you can often, even if you've got quite poor, um, you know, patchy memory of your kind of childhood, we can still often vis- envisage kind of key stages within our childhood. So we might have kind of pieces of it, even if we haven't got real strong recollection. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting, isn't it, that if you did go back, you probably wouldn't, you would have not a clue who that person is because <laughs> you've yeah. created this vision this mm-hmm. of who you were as a child and you know or kind of in your 20s or you know whatever kind of age you're referring back to that some of these stronger kind of emotions are being um, pulled from you've created this vision of who that person is and how they mm. felt and the things that mattered and and the things that often you, you felt were kind of limitations or actually terrified you and we kind of, we cling on to that. It's kind mm. of like a little iceberg in the ocean. And we're kind of, we're on that for kind of, dear, you know, clinging on for dear life. Oh, gosh. That's, oh, I, I resonate very strongly with that. And it, there are mixed messages. You're right, because a lot of mm. psychologists work these days is addressing the inner child, identifying with your inner child. So in some senses, because now you're sort of the adult who can effectively take care of your the child that you were that maybe was neglected or didn't have their needs met but it is very true but as I sort of like I'm I'm swept very vividly into this description that you're that you're giving and I I my immediate response is yeah but I shouldn't over identify with that inner child or who I literally was because that little kid is mired down with a bunch of messages that do not serve me. This is where I really am exploring myself today. Whereas mm. right now I've been able to move past a lot of the stuff that might've held me back. Yeah, uh, There were benefits to me being that age and there were drawbacks and, and it is not true. A lot of the things that that kid uh, faced or was uh, challenged with. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it is so funny. I guess it's kind of like, you know, those documents on like when my, not if, but when Microsoft Word crashes on you and there's just this old version of a document. Is anybody else getting PTSD right now? And there's an old version of a document that comes up from three days ago after you've been working on it for 40 hours. And you're like, this whole document is not, it might have the same name, but it is not the same version that I was more recently working on. But I can tell you what I can what this says to me. <laughs> what what this says to me as well, though, is I am the type of person that's got a million of things in the do not delete these just in case I ever might need to go back to them again because oh. I actually can't remember which version was which. Yeah, yeah. So that then links back to this past, right? Where mm. if I'm holding on to a version of me, I'm holding on to it just in case I might need it because there might be something oh. critical in there that <gasps> I need to know about. So, so what that's do an you amazing think analogy. It, is do you need to then get rid of those old versions well it's having the courage isn't it it's that courage to kind of say right you know what i'm wiping the slate clean Mm -hmm. and i know whatever i wrote in those documents or whatever i created within me as a person will still be there if i do need to recover it i've got that ability to be able to do so if i choose and the things that you wrote three months ago or two years ago is probably not reflective of who you are and what you think now. Mm-hmm. If I may say, actually, you know, when you lose a draft again, everyone's like, oh, God, that's a... Um, you know, when you're put in the very hard situation of writing something afresh again, and you grudgingly, mm-hmm. at the end of this very arduous task, 
you actually admit to yourself that second draft where I had to do it <laughs> on a blank slate when I had the entire thing written and I had to write it again, the second version yeah. was actually better. Yeah, because the learning curve. Don't be afraid and that's to exactly what we're all on. the old graphs. Oh my gosh, you're right. Ah, this is really hard, Sarah. <laughs> I'm really in the thick of this right now, but I'm gonna like listen to this podcast again and remind myself just like who you are right now. Wipe that slate yeah. clean of all the versions and all the shit mm. that you went through in your past versions. That stuff is yeah. no longer applicable. Yeah. Because that's the only way that we can start a new relationship and ditch that old baggage from the past. Again, a new person in our life is not going to be the magic bullet that is the workaround to us actually ditching our shit. Like we have to yeah. do the inner work. I'm discovering that. <laughs> There's no workaround. Yeah. Um, I like it. The thing, sometimes the thing is not the thing. The thing before the thing. The what thing came before, the, before thing. the thing? Yeah. Do some diving. Yeah. It's time yeah. to take a look. It's never about the trash not being taken out. Hmm. Uh-huh. Indeed. Yeah. All right. All right. Ooh. Okay. Feisty. I think we should probably take a question now. Okay, let's go for it. Okay. Today's question. Would you date someone who called their mom every night at 7.45pm? Do you know anybody like this? Not the 7.45 p.m. thing, but I did used to date a guy who every Sunday would religiously phone his parents. Mm -hmm. How'd that work? Um, I thought it was quite sweet, actually. I think mm. that's a good thing. I think it means yeah. that you've got kind of a regular check-in. You can, it's nice that whilst it kind of feels a bit regimented, like I prefer to kind of just ring people when you want to talk to them, not because we've got kind of set slot, mm. but that's my personal preference. Mm -hmm. Um, but I could see how it could have its merits because at least, you know, do you know what? You're all available. You're all there. You're, um, hopefully present yeah. and, uh, and you're kind of lined up to have a conversation. I know other people do this with their kind of maybe like elderly parents and because especially now in the age of kind of technology, if we need to get things kind of online and ready, if we're not kind of used to be being on kind of you know smart video calls then there's a certain kind of there can be a certain kind of setup involved mm. in that and if you're kind of of an age where that's just not in your mojo then that might take a bit of planning so you might want to kind of stick to a set time and set schedule for that I agree I, I actually don't keep a regular pattern of calling parents and and I actually really admire those who do because their relationship is closer there's a priority mm. to it there's a habit yeah that habit is is very productive. It keeps like like airtime keeps relationships together. I am I am yeah. admittedly terrible because um, I rely <laughs> on the oh when I think about people and the thing is I'm thinking about all the people close to me all the time. But then the it comes into my brain and then it leaves my brain and I'm on to the next thing and and then I don't actually call them. I'm trying to get better at it. Not that mm. great. Um, yeah. so no, I agree. I think that speaking to your family, your mom or whatnot, especially if they're elder, especially if, uh, we don't know how long any of us have on this planet, yeah. especially if your parents are older or in poor health. Um, so like as a partner to somebody, I would want to respect that, uh, time slot and, uh, you know, it's important to them. And, and, um, and I bet, you know, at the end of the day, like as a partner, I benefit when my partner, has a strong family connection 
Like, yeah, I've learned when you've got shitty relationships with your family, that does no favor for your because we're <laughs> communities where right? we're interconnected communities. Yeah. Okay, but 745 every night. Okay, that's so another level the, up. <laughs> so there's a downside, right? So I get a kind of weekly oh. or kind of like, you know, maybe twice a week cadence. But I think the the, <laughs> the crux of this question, and I guess where the listener is coming from is, um, yeah, but like, Every single day at that time, what if there was another priority? So, um, you know, I'll take it to the extreme, right? So I'm in labor and it's 7.45. Does oh. my partner say, hold up, pause those contractions. I'm just going to make a phone call. <laughs> or or uh, leaves the room for that phone call. Baby's born. Partner comes yeah. back. Oh, man, I missed it. I'm sorry. Yeah. Can we I have mean, that we're being extreme here. Yeah. But there'll be other things that come up, right? So like what happens if you're on holiday? you're in a different time zone does it still have to be kind of ah. you know so I think for me it's the rigidity of the, the the time and the frequency of kind of every single day however you know there could be reasons for that maybe as you say they're in kind of poor health and there is a need to kind of check on them but then I would ask the question does it have to be exactly kind of 745 every day because there might be other days where we've got plans or other priorities if you move further down the line and you've got kids There'll be a time when 7.45 is at your bedtime. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, does that mean I'm always on my own doing that? Like, I'd, these are some of the things mm -hmm. I'd want to explore. But I guess the other thing I'd say is this person's just dating this person. So it's saying, would you date a person that was doing that? I think was the question. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, so, it depends on where you eat. I mean, in Greece, right? Like, that's totally getting into, like, drink hour before dinner hour. So I'm, I yeah. mean, that time really concerns me because I'm like, man, we're just not going to ever have dinner <laughs> if you're on. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. So I think there are some, I think on, on a kind of an emotional, a connection, a family respect level, totally admire it. I think on a practical, how does this kind of then, um, you know, detract from us connecting and building mm. a relationship, then they're the kind of, I guess the, that's a bit of a kind of potential conflict there to address early doors, I think. Oh, definitely. To I mean, like anything, no issue is ever going to go away on its own <laughs> without talking about it. Yeah, that's the great thing. And it's easier to talk about it right from the beginning as opposed to then yeah. layering on. Because you might just observe, hey, it's kind of interesting you call, you know, how does that work when you're dating somebody versus yeah. you're two years in, uh, your partner is like, oh, you don't like yeah. my mother. And then it becomes, oh, you don't like my mother. And that's why you're having and why didn't you say anything before if it wasn't a big deal so yeah so much easier to be like oh that's kind of a curious thing how does that work yeah. with your love life yeah yeah and I think you know be be honest about your feelings about it as well because you, without being unkind so it might be that you say that's you know that is just not something I would ever do like I'm just not that type of person I prefer mm -hmm. to kind of be more spontaneous and so it's it's understanding who you are as characters and then mm -hmm. actually how do you then build that into your relationship and it's a point of, of I guess information and data isn't it so if mm. if they are kind of does that say that actually they are a very rigid person and like to have, you know, schedule events, they're quite mm. routine driven, 
and they kind of prefer to live in that kind of state of I know what's coming next mm-hmm. as opposed mm-hmm. to are you more of a flexible kind of you know um fly by the seat of pants let's just be spontaneous mm. and go with the moment and then actually do those two worlds collide really well or mm. is there some middle ground there to say well I could take a bit of kind of your planned approach and you could maybe take a little bit of my spontaneous report ah. um, approach and then we can create this beautiful thing together so mm. there is no right, right or wrong. I can't speak suddenly. <laughs> Glad this is coming at the end of the podcast. <laughs> I was going to say, actually, is it? It's not dinner hour yet, actually. It's not wine o'clock No, yet. and I swear to God, I'm just drinking water. <laughs> it looks like water to me, folks. Um, so there is this opportunity to, to, well, this is the time, right, when you start dating, to create this and build this life that you want together. It's got to work for both of you. And you've and you have to have some flexibility about what you take on and um and how you move and morph into this yes this is completely true Mm, okay everything may not be agreeable but everything is solvable i mean that's so again like if you have compatibility chemistry and communication uh and commitment to leaning in um Mm. then it, it it is solvable uh, even if there's like, you know, and there's things that you're going to compromise on and you're going to accept yeah. them. And then there's things that are going to be deal breakers and the other side is going to to compromise. It's simple, but it's not easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, I just feel like I'm reading the user's manual of relationship that like is in lockstep with my personal life experiences. This is great. This is all stuff that I need on the journey. So... <laughs> I don't know about the listeners. I don't know about you guys, but I'm really learning every step of the way here. Well, I'm glad we're providing the service. Right, exactly. Again, I'm both the president or co-president as well as a customer of our um, dispensations on this podcast. Aren't we all, my dear? (laughs) That's so true. Uh, So is this cold snap going to continue, this mid-July frigid temperature in Jersey? Are you guys going to be joining us in the land of the hot no it looks like we're sticking at 18 degrees it looks like that's the most popular temperature for jersey for the next 10 days <laughs> oh my god it's funny because i can was, tell I'm delighted oh, by it <laughs> oh man yeah no i would love to sort of take a little mix of you know how you mix hot and cold water and you come up with a warm i'd love to take my 40 and your 18 and mix them up and yeah. have a nice 27 can't yeah, do perfect. math that sounds about no, yeah, midline. yeah seems seems about right I'll yeah. take that. Thank you very much. Yeah, exactly. I'll leave you to make that happen this week. <laughs> I, I, I'm just sweating my balls off. If I had a set, I'd be sweating them off. <laughs> oh. Made the mistake to wear jeans last night. And I was like, it's still like a good 32 degrees and I am oh, yeah, dying. Yeah. Jeans. Yeah. Never yeah. a good idea, people. No, yeah. I do like it though when you're kind of somewhere in a warmer climate and it feels just really nice and warm in the evenings. It's oh. just... That just feels like such a luxury and such a gift. Oh, it is. And for that, tonight, I'm going to wear a freaking dress. <laughs> Absolutely. No more Get trying to... hot legs out, girl. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Woo. All right. So you are continuing your adventures in Athens. I lose total track of like yes. which time zone you're in and which country. Oh, yeah. So Athens for now. And then a lovely friend is coming uh, back to her home uh, here in Greece. Uh, from Toronto and we will meet it'll be delightful there may be a dessert or two on a fantastic island known to have been uh, a muse for the great Leonard Cohen and um, 
yeah, so it's going to be a good weekend and then back to Toronto and then, uh, you know, the adventure continues of um, this big life transition. Well, enjoy. Oh, thank you. Yeah. You're certainly looking well on it, my love. Well, listen, I'm drinking so much wine and beer. <laughs> I cannot even tell you. Like, met a uh, somebody who said, uh, I'm at minimum uh, drinking one and a half liters of wine and, and smoking two packs a day. Uh, something that he doesn't ordinarily do. He's like, I don't know. It's just, it's the mood overtakes you here in Greece. You just, speaking of to the, our relationship uh, news, uh, from the, you know, doing bad things and then yes. bringing friends closer. <laughs> See, you've come around, you've come around to the relationship <laughs> thinking after all. I love I it. I knew Sarah. it wouldn't take long to win you over. Oh, I love it. I love it. She always caves in the end. I do. <laughs> I do. Oh, hard on the outside, soft on the inside. Oh. All right. Well. Well, enjoy the rest of your adventures. Oh, and um, so I suspect next time we record, you'll be back in a different time zone. We'll be back in Toronto. Absolutely. Okay. All yeah. right. We'll see what things are like over there. Okay. Well, right. till next time. Till next time. So that's it for another week of Geordie Lass and Doc Sass. We hope you've enjoyed listening as much as we've enjoyed chatting. Get in touch and share your questions for relationship remedies and any hot topics you want us to cover. If you need help navigating all things relationships, Anna and Sarah are available for one-on-one coaching support. Email info at geordielass.com. Please remember to like, share, subscribe if you've enjoyed listening. And if you've not, how on earth have you made it this far? I promise we'll try harder next time.